Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Mind the Gap, Transport for London's new podcast. Welcome to your All Zones travel cards to get behind the scenes of the incredible transport systems that are truly the beating heart of London. You might be wondering who this is getting all enthusiastic about things like the Tube at this time of the day. Well, my name is Tim Dunn and I'm chuffed a bit to be here. I really am. I I can't quite believe that TfL has actually asked me to be your guide to kick this thing off. As a historian, I've researched and written about it. I've even had the privilege of exploring most of the abandoned tube stations under our feet. As a geographer and as a Londoner, I'm interested in how our transport continues to shape our city today. What's remarkable about this podcast is it's not your normal corporate podcast. The TfL team has put quite a bit of trust into me for doing this. They've basically given me the keys and the contacts book and said, here's a microphone, off you go. Now, I love this stuff, as you can probably tell. So joining me each episode are two or three passionate experts who are just bursting to share their knowledge with us. So we're going to begin our journey just as you and I do normally at a tube station. I've walked across the river from home this morning and I found myself, as I so often do, at the monument in the square mile. And over there, I can see a vision in maquette. I know that face. It's Luke. Luke, hello. Introduce yourself. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Um, yeah, I've got a maquette jacket on, so yeah, Tim could spot me. I am Luke, aka Tube Mapper, and I basically go around taking photographs at every London Underground station. Uh, well, actually, everything on a tube map, to be specific. First of all, for anyone who hasn't seen your pictures, can you just describe them to me? What, 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 what perhaps unites all your pictures under a common theme? My, my aim is to capture moments at the underground, but as you know, some stations are basically a railway and a track, and then others are sort of more interesting and have great architecture. So I let the uh, station itself inspire me. But I do enjoy certain things, so I enjoy symmetry, uh, reflections, I love it when it rains because <laughs> because when it rains, the basically rain creates a mirror on the floor, which yes. which completely changes the landscapes, changes the night. But what songs do you have on this tube journey? Where did, you, where did it all come from? The project began just before my child was born, and I realised that I would be no longer able to. Um, well, basically, you're not allowed to do anything, and I wouldn't be able to capture sunrises and sunsets, which was my favourite thing. Like if you saw the sunrise this morning, it was spectacular. Anyway, because I knew I wouldn't be able to go out, I started documenting my journey to work, share it online, and then I realised that loads of people connected with London Underground. And we're not just talking about tube enthusiasts. You've got historians, you've got tourists, you've got just generally everyday people who have memories. Because one of the beauty of the way that Transport for London operate is that they keep the stations similar, which makes them timeless. Which means when you visit them again, you're like, I remember that specific <laughs> spot. That's where I was dumped. That's where I. That's that's where I met my husband. Oh, no, no, sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing bad things back to you this morning. <laughs> yeah, that's quite extreme. But yeah, but that's how it began because I, I, there was such response for the project, and then I started to leave slightly earlier, alternating my routes. And so, yeah, so the Tube Mapper project has just been this thing that's been going on slowly. And then in the end, I just had this 
collection of images. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> In the end, I said, let's do some books. And so, yeah, the books have started. But yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all going well and it's very exciting. What, what is it about the tube, though, and those journeys that captured your imagination? You, you, you said it's, it's, it's because of your, you know, it, it was the end coming up and it was the last chance to get it. You know, it's like, last chance to get my journey to it, my commute to, to work, and last chance to see a sunset. But, but going on now, your pictures have a, have a, a quality that, that shows in them a real love. What is it that inspires you about the Tube, really? The Tube is like the heartbeat of the City of London. The Tube is very efficient and it does, does what it's supposed to do well. And it's actually a city in its own right. People work there, people um, have interactions there. It's, it's a beautiful place for photography. As I said, capturing moments is the, my main theme and it's endless moments on the London Underground. It's amazing of the experience that you have just on short journeys traveling through the Underground Network. It's, it's a museum. We, we've got a museum which we're functioning and traveling through. Well, let's go and see one of those bits of the museum right now, downstairs, because there's a really exciting thing that I know is down there, you know is down there, and thousands of people walk through every day and don't even know it's there. I love the power of the station and, and how it contrasts to the rest. One of the reasons why I say Bank is my, one of my favourite London Underground stations, because it has everything in it. Old, <laughs> new, modern, bold, subtle. It's all here to see. But you've got something down here that you want to show me, right? Well, yeah, a couple of things. So in, on this platform, oh, look at this. Look how stunning that is. Just down here, this is the what I call one of the most powerful, um, well, powerful places on the in the London Underground. It, you've got these like bold royal blue circular curve pattern. It looks very modern. There's nowhere else like this on the um, London Underground network. No. Is there? So, what I like about this, this could be the entrance to a, basically a spaceship. It wouldn't be strange if you saw some stormtroopers and Darth Vader walking down this blue hallway, which is circular, shiny, and very modern. It, yeah, we're literally in space right now. And as people walk down, you can see their reflections basically curved, like elongated up the war edge. As, and, and, the, and you'll see as the train arrives at the end of the platform, the lights, it lights up the tunnel like a little light show because it's yeah. catching reflections. And so, yeah, it's an absolute beauty to watch. The remnants of the past are always with us. And the nice thing about TfL's tube stations is they really try and obliterate the past. They try and incorporate a bit of the heritage, I suppose, in, into today to give you kind of a clue. Look, as you're walking down now, you and I both know we're walking actually where the train track was. And, look, look, and the they've kept the line there so just so that people who know those who, those who know, those know. who know, know. Yeah, right. Where next, Luke? Oh, he's got okay, we're gonna we're gonna camera out, and he's dead center. We're going through this tunnel now. This is also one of my favourite walkways on the. Um, Isn't that uh, weird? Do you know what's funny? Couldn't you imagine a fish like just floating? <laughs> Feels like we're walking in an aquarium, doesn't it? So we're walking through a tunnel now that connects really what I would call the main bank of bank of tube station along with the Waterloo City line and it's connected by this very long odd shaped tunnel. So it's an odd shape because it's quite low and squat. Clearly it's been dug circular so it's been done well by a machine but as you come around the corner something reveals itself, gets a bit larger and look at this. 
there's a big archway around you painted bright red. Right? What is this, Luke? This is the, um, the Great Head Shield. There's actually a plaque here as well which explains exactly what it is. For anyone who's noticed it, I think everyone spots this because it, it's, if you've got like this sea of white and then this, this, this big red um, thing just hits you. It's, it's amazing. This was what was used uh, in the tunneling process and uh, um, it was left over to, as part of history so that people can, well, the people that want to know can know. And that's, what, that's one of the other beauties of the underground. Uh, as Tim said, TFL are very good at leaving little bits, little snippets of their history just around. Now, cunningly, I've brought us down, Luke, you might have noticed, down to the Central Line platforms, because I have to go off now down to the other end of the Central Line for our next guest, which means our time with you is up. Ah. Where can people find your work? Yeah, you can find me basically online if you type in TubeMapper. Um, I'm on Patreon, I'm on Twitter, Facebook. Yeah, you can find me on there. And my books, just type TubeMapper into any online bookstore, you can find it there. And I also do calendars as well. So just, yeah, type in TubeMapper and I pop up. He's got merch as well. Look at that, a <laughs> true pro. <laughs> okay, Luke, see you soon. See ya. The next station is Shepherd's Bush. Luke has taken the tube and seen what is so beautiful about it and he's taken the designs which we take for granted as every day and he's turned them all into something stunning. But how are the people who've designed the underground created this network of visual delights? Our next guest is a legend, frankly, an icon, and someone who knows how to design with Londoners and TfL's rich heritage in mind. Well, it comes to an unusual place here in Shepherd's Bush Station. It's, it's actually above the main ticket concourse, up in a, a little office. It's quite odd, looking down all people down there, going to the ticket gates. But I am joined by someone who will be known to many Londoners, indeed, to people listening across the country. It's Wayne Hemingway. Now, Wayne, how would you describe yourself? About five, eight and a half, bold. <laughs> bit of a bit unshaven. Coolest granddad in town. I mean, that, that, yeah. that is a job to have. That yeah. is one job you certainly got. What are you better known for? Well, a company called Hemingway Design. I'm a partner in that, along with other members of the family and a fantastic young team of oh, all different ages of designers. Um, and before that, uh, we had Red or Dead, which was a, a pretty people, famous design company. You might have heard of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you created the, 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 the brand, or the, the name Red or Dead, for, in, in Camden, is that correct? Yeah, so playing in a band and um, I ran out of money to, to fund the band and to, and, to, and to fund the flat that me and Jerry Dean, my business partner and future, future wife, were renting and we had to get some money. We'd also got this pretty phenomenal collection of, having been going out since the age of 13, I'd been just buying loads of really cool army surplus, loads of cool second-hand 50s and 60s clothing, and but didn't need it all. Then I had all my old punk clothing. So I had all of these leather jackets, ripped and torn T-shirts, really cool jeans and stuff, and tartan trousers. Just emptied it all on Camden. It was, it was a, a city full of opportunity. It felt like the streets were paved with gold for people with no money because there was surplus everything everywhere. We got to the point very quickly where we had 16 stalls. We were taking... 16? Yeah. 16 in Camden alone? 
Yeah, 16 stores in Camden alone, r- right next to the tube station in Book Street Market. Yeah. It was, but it was just a, a city of massive opportunity. It still is a city of opportunity, but not... Uh, it's a bit harder. It's a lot harder. <laughs> I think the, the opportunity is perhaps a, sh- a shift of different people, perhaps. Yeah. But, but, but you grabbed the opportunity as a designer with, with both hands, and you've run with it throughout your life. I mean, you, you, you've, you've started there. There's, also, there's always been, as well, a political edge to, you know, red or dead, was political with a small p and, and was campaigning. And that comes from a campaigning family, a family that always felt that they could better themselves and that, and, and that people could better themselves. So all the things that we've got into, whether it's designing large-scale housing developments, have always been from the point of how the hell is society and big business delivering such CRAP in terms of housing to, to everybody? It can be done better. We must fight this. And everything has been about improving things that matter in life. To you, when did you get involved with the idea of designing something related for TfL? We saw um, what's got an ITT, an invitation to tender, come out to design the London Underground uniform. <laughs> yeah. It was just, oh my God, you know, <laughs> anybody like us would want to do that. We thought, what, what we're going to do first of all, and the first thing we did is let's think about the people. Um, you know, that, it's, a, it's a large workforce. And we said, and, and the first thing we thought about was, could we do the largest co-design, that, a clothing and uniform co-design that has ever happened? And we thought about how could we do that, you know? And, and we talked about, we wanted to get as many of the cohort of 22,000. And so we had this idea to design the uniform and, and let them access what we were doing in real time. We, get, we, we worked with them and, and it gave them a freedom to, to wear it as they want to. A young woman was into, she was into the 50s and swing dancing and she said, I want to wear a scarf. You know the Land Army type style where yeah, you put right. it and then you tie it up in a bow, a bow on the top. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, and she said, but how can I do that? And we said, well, we'll make the scarf, we'll make a scarf that you can use in all different ways. And I still see her wearing that and she still says, I've got it on again. And, you serious? And you made it because of her? So, and then we meet people all the time who, who, are, st- who are still part of that process because people, people stay in the job for a long time, don't they? And we didn't know this at the time, but the, the Roundel was one of the top 10 recognised brands in the world, and we thought, wow, you know. Alongside Coca Cola. You know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. up there with those. And I, I hadn't quite recognised, I don't think I'd recognised, you knew it, I knew it was a recognised brand, but not in the top 10 of brands in the whole wide world. So anyway, we realised then that we said, right, you've got to make that brand work, you've got to make that roundel work. So to explain, yeah. the, the roundel is, is, is the logo, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the roundel is, you know, to, looks like you know when, when you're going down the tube station you look for that circle uh, in, in the main colors that you see are the blue and the red and that tells you that, that you're at uh, a london underground a tfl i mean it, it's become so intrinsic to, to the look of tfl what, what, what's the impact been for you then of, 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 on the staff what's their feedback been to you well we know w- the fact that i can i dare go down the tube every day is testament <laughs> to it must be all right <laughs> When you're down the tube, what, what kind of things do you notice about, about the design of the tube as well? What, what do you spot and notice particularly? Well, I think the main thing that, about the tube is I, you, you get a sense of history. 
I, I love the Bakerloo line. I know it won't stay like that, but there's something about Catch getting while on, you can. Yeah. But, uh, there's something about getting on the, the smell of the Bakerloo line, and and you're in there, and the way that the windows go up and down, and that click, <laughs> and you know, and and then and, and then a, and the longitudinal sideways the sideways seating as well. Yeah. In the trains, yeah. So there's the, the, you, you you can feel the history, and and obviously in some of the tube stations, the history is unbelievable. You know, some of the from the 1930s and then the 50s, and you know, the, the, you can see the, the all the history of architecture. And, inter- and even interior design is there. So I, I, I'm attuned to that. One of my journeys is my eldest grandson. I take him to play cricket once, once a week. And going up the tube in, in, in St John's Wood, and yeah. it's that wooden with those brass... Oh, the brass uplighters. Uh, those brass uplighters. You're thinking, it's just like... It. You, you step, you've stepped back into the 30s. You, you, you're there. Because it's ex- nothing's ch- nothing has changed. I, I assume it's listed. That's why that escalator is still the wooden, tr- the wooden treads. And did you, do you have a favourite design feature of the tube itself? What, what, what you, you mentioned the roundel, of course, as, as being iconic, of course. You all love that. But what, what's your favourite design feature? So when, when the tube extended out, out to Metroland, you know, out, out to Harrow, Uxbridge and all of that lot, some of those tube stations, and they're hidden. Obviously, some aren't like um, Mill Hill. Yeah, some, yeah, some, yeah. some aren't hidden, but then, but then some are really, really hidden. And, and you come across them in 1930s housing estates, <laughs> and they're just absolutely beautiful. And the other thing that I do a lot, because I've, you know, I've, I've run all my life, I, I, I just love running, is I, I like running to, to places and getting the tube back. Um, <laughs> and I've been running to all of those Barnet stations, Totteridge, all, oh, wow. which I didn't really, I didn't, lots of them I'd never been to before. And, and, it, and I've been discovering just great bits of London with great tube stations and doing tube journeys that I would never have done. And so, you know, that's what I love about London is the, the scale of the, the network. Coming back in central London, which ones do you really rate as lovely or intriguing or brilliant design tube stations up in the middle of town? I, I, I really, at the moment, I really like what they've done to um, Tottenham Court Road. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how a tube station can, ch- can change your impression of a place because um, that junction of Tottenham Court Road and Oxford Street always felt like a bit of a place, a bit of a non-place, mm. a bit of a, a weird place in in central London that I didn't have a lot going for it. But now it feels like you've you've arrived somewhere. Transport can have a massive impact on on what on place. If you think about number one, London is blessed because of the tube system, and 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 movement creates money, creates opportunity, and and so that's the the ma- transport plays that massive role. Public transport is vital to quality of life and the social well-being of all of us and and you know that's why tfl um we're all lucky to have something that is as integrated as this really we are and it's it, it, it's run through london like like a like a thread i suppose yeah and i've you know i've been i've been in london now for 44 44 years all i've seen is the system get better and better and better. You, you obviously have a deep love of, of, of transport design and, and, and you're involved but in it shows that. But, but what do you think the future of TFL design might be? Well, I think the future's got to, get, got to be always focused on making life easier for people. You know, that, that's, that's, what it's, that's what it does. And it's a public service, but it's also an advert for the city. People come here. You, if you come here, you have to use the tube. And and I think if uh, it's harder to th- it's hard to think 
and maybe you know one of the reasons why it is in the top 10 brands in the world is because it's hard to think of how you could come to this city and not kind of be part of the system you're going to you're going to join that system at some stage and so the system's got to serve the people who live here the people who visit here and and that's for me why the uniform was really important because because ultimately the staff of TFL are, are serving this 10 million people that that are here and another I don't know how another 10 million or more that probably that probably visit and that's quite a responsibility you know this is it's not just brand TFL this is brand London if you had to do I'm sure if you had to do associations with London <laughs> the roundel and 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 the tube would be up there with Buckingham Palace and and Tower of London and Big Ben. It, it, well, it is like you see it on the tea towels in all the in all well, the yeah. shops, don't you? It's it it's part of what London is. On that, I think we'll leave it. Wayne, thank you so much for that. It's fascinating stuff. Thank you very much indeed. There is nothing like a tube journey to make you feel like you're in the heart of London, no matter where you are. But really, we are in the heart of London right now. This is Piccadilly Circus, and up the escalators, here we go. Oh, hang on, up towards the, uh, up to the barriers. Oh, now there's a familiar face. I had to interview now, have a chat with one of my heroes, Anne Gavacan from TFL. There she is, and what a vision of design she is. Hello, Anne. Hey, Tim. How are you? <laughs> I'm lovely to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, look, you, you, you've chosen to meet us here, right? And you said straight off, with no hesitation, Piccadilly Circus. But why here? I chose Piccadilly Circus because it is a showpiece station for the underground. It opened in 1928, and it is kind of the pinnacle of design thinking for the underground. It features so many elements of great design and we've added new design elements to it as well. We've come to the other side of that ticket booth behind everything. So but what's this either side of us? Why are we here? <laughs> well you were right to talk about how busy the station was. Uh, Piccadilly Circus actually opened in 1906-1907 um, and when it opened it was used by about 1.5 million people a year but in the 1920s around 18 million people a year were using it <laughs> and the station was not equipped to handle that many people. So they decided to build a new station and they dug a big hole in the middle of Piccadilly Circus. They had to move the arrow statue, but then they created this absolutely beautiful showcase which mirrors the circus above. So the station was designed by Charles Holden and he was commissioned to do so by Frank Pick. We're standing by this big, big statement piece here on the wall and you're looking very pleased about this. In fact, this is obviously a reason you've brought us over here. There's a great big underground roundel that says Frank Pick. Not Piccadilly Circus, that's not an anagram. Just tell us, who was Frank Pick and what's his involvement down here? So Frank Pick was managing director of the underground, but one of the most important things he did was commission design work. And he was involved with the Design and Industries Association. He was a founding member, as was architect Charles Holden. And when the underground was expanding so rapidly in the 1920s, one of the things that Frank Pick did was commission Holden and commission architects to build stations. So Frank Pick commissioned Holden to design this particular station. He gave Holden the commission 
after Holden had done the Northern Line extension to Morden, and he was very pleased with the work he had done there because he created kind of statement pieces. <laughs> you cannot miss those stations. Because well, Charles Holden was known, wasn't he, for designing hospitals beforehand. These kind of very, very sort of um, clean, bright, airy, hygienic spaces that were so different to the railways of old. And I guess maybe perhaps Pick saw that in Charles Holden and thought, I want that kind of cleanliness for my new electric railways. What Pick needed, he said... What is a station? This is my favorite quote from Pick, and I have it as my, as my email signature. <laughs> what is a station? An inviting doorway in an architectural setting that cannot be missed by the casual pedestrian. So what Pick wants is a station that is going to stand out in the environment so you know you are in a station, and that's number one thing you need. I see. So this is whole part of the whole total design ethos he's coming up with, right? So because he commissions, doesn't he, Frank Pick as well at the same time, the roundel, I suppose, and, and gets that finalised. So it's that whole thing about outside attracting people in and thinking that roundel, that means tube, that means going home, it means the way out, it means the travel, it means everything, it means London. So Pitt commissions the Roundel in 1908. He commissions the Johnston typeface in 1916. He's working to commission posters that link the underground to some of the London's attractions. So he's really trying to brand the underground with London. And it is a total design piece. So there's really integrated design in everything that we do. And stations are one part of that. You should feel the underground in the station. You should feel the underground as, you're, as you have the elements of the station. I can feel the underground in you standing here in front of me now. I mean, <laughs> you live and breathe this stuff. But there's one weird thing though, right? One thing I've got to ask you, right? Your accent, your accent is not a London accent, right? So what has brought you here to fall in love with the underground? So, like Charles Tyson Yerkes, <laughs> who was the person who uh, was head of the underground electric railways of London. I am a Philadelphian <laughs> who has come to London to seek fame and fortune with the underground. Um, I, I actually moved to London and I did a degree in uh, urban planning. And when I was studying urban planning, one thing that came up was, oh, and then London expanded because of the underground, and London then expanded again because of the underground. And if you want to know the story of London, you want to know the story of the underground. That's right, right? I mean, I mean the underground built London, let's be honest. The under, the London couldn't exist now without the underground. It wouldn't have been created without the underground. Oh, we've just walked past the world clock, which is... Oh. One of my favourite things about this. You and me both. I mean, how can we just walk past one of my favourite features on the whole underground? Well, I think the thing I love about this and is because I'm thinking back to 1928. And there actually used to be a bank of telephone booths near here. So thinking about people who might have run down into the station to make a call and use the world time today to reference what the time might be elsewhere in the world. It's, it's just such a wonderful thing. And it talks about the cosmopolitan nature and it reflects London's status as a world city. Before we go on, so a bit quieter, can we just try and just, just go on? Marnie, can, can we try and get just at that clock? Can you hear it tick-tocking? Can you hear it? 
I work with the heritage team, so we have a fabulous team, and I do more of the heritage explaining, and they're focusing on the heritage maintaining and working with our project teams to make sure that when we do things like step-free access, we're doing that and working to make sure that we're building in things. And we're winning National Railway Heritage Awards for I things saw. like our um, adding in step-free access at places like Sudbury Town, where we match the bonding of the brick on our new lift shaft that added step-free access that matches the original bonding of the brick. And this is why I love you guys at TFL, because you think about the detail and it's the design quality that has gone from back then to now. You're thinking about matching the brick bond so it looks like the other part of the station. It's the thought and the care of everyone in the future and now that you're thinking of. That's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, but it's a lot of people who are, who are thinking about this, and I think we're incredibly privileged to be able to do this and to be able to think about it because there are people who do care. Yeah. And we do have, we are the oldest metro system in the world, so we do have a special place that other metro systems don't have. Mm. So it's our responsibility to really take care of that heritage. Like, I really love riding the underground, Every time I get on the underground, I, I pretty much really enjoy it. You and me both. I mean, let's be honest. But we're not alone, right? There are so many people that love the underground. And what you're doing is, you're, I suppose, you're interpreting some of those stories so that others can enjoy the underground too. And what I want to do is, I would love for people who don't necessarily love the underground, for people who are on their daily commute, I want those people to find something to love about the underground. I want people to find something to love about every single station because there is something to love about every single station on the underground. Sometimes it can be hard to find, but there is something lovable about every single station. <laughs> I agree with you, but where would you start? Now, let, let, let's just let's take any random station. Where might a, a, a commuter listening to this right now, or any one of us to London, where might they start in terms of looking for a story or something of interest or difference I mean, if you're a commuter, you might want to start at your home station um, and think about how your station is the center of your neighborhood, how your station is your gateway to your neighborhood, and what about your station reflects your neighborhood. So, for example, let's take some of Dagenham East, Dagenham Heathway, Beckentree, some of these stations on the east end of the district line. Yeah. For me, these stations are really special because they reflect the Homes for Heroes program and some of the new housing that was built in those areas. I didn't know that. And the stories are really, really special. And there are so many varieties of architecture and design all over the network, right? And even the new stuff down at, say, Bank and, and, and the one down at Battersea Power Station. And where can people go to find out a bit more about those buildings? So a few years ago, we launched a thing called the London Underground Station Design Idiom, which was basically a beautiful Bible of uh, design. And as part of that, we classified every single station into one of 20 design types. Just 20. Just 20. <laughs> just, just 20. Just 20 design types. But one thing we're going to be launching um, is an architecture map where we kind of pull out some of the stations of those design types and say, hey, if you're interested, go see this station. And here are some of the things you should be looking for at that station. Oh, that's an amazing idea. At last, so people 
can actually go somewhere and learn about the local station and the things on their commute or their journey or their trip. They're beautiful and I want people to see the things that we see and I hope people gain an appreciation for the small details that exist in these stations. And thank you so much. I cannot wait to get hold of this map. If there's anyone that epitomizes the, the, the joy and the love of the underground and its design, it's you. So thank you so very much for your time. Anne's passion and enthusiasm is infectious. Her job is to help us see the very best bits of the past, which hopefully make our journeys better or even inspire us. There aren't many transport authorities which have such a rich, diverse, influential collection of buildings and design assets. And you know what? They belong not just to London, but to anyone, all of us, who travel on the tube or who can appreciate it from afar. Listening to the care that goes into something as everyday as the uniform from Wayne, it's no wonder that for people like Luke, it's a place of inspiration and beauty. So, next time you're on your commute or travelling to see a friend, I urge you just to build an extra five minutes into your journey. Look at the curve of the walls or read the sign on the doors and take a deeper look at the things you pass through every day. Look up at the history of your local station on a search engine. I promise you, you will learn something fascinating about the place you live or the place you're going or the place you've come from. Because the tube has made London. This first episode of Mind the Gap has almost reached its final destination. Please stay on the platform where you can download the next episode, number two. It's more about the love of the tube via amazing innovations. Thank you for travelling with me, Tim Dunn. And remember, please always mind the gap. Mind the Gap is an 1860 production for Transport for London. The producer was Marnie Woodmead, with some additional writing by Tim Dunn. The executive producer was Adrian Hyatt. And special thanks to the staff of TFL who've helped make this podcast.